0: We are back in Romans, moving through chapter 8. Awesome chapter. Great chapter here that I hope you guys are enjoying as much as we are. It's, it's been fun to teach through this part. It's fun to study it and just squeeze out more and more out of each line and each verse that we can and piece it together with kind of this this big picture, this big web that Paul's putting together as he's explaining everything to the church in Rome. The church he hasn't met, the church he's writing this letter to again. I know I remind you guys every time, but um, he's laying the foundation on purpose and he's making sure to go over so much in detail to make sure that uh, they have the understanding that he believes they should have. And so we're smack dab in the middle right now of the of the letter in chapter 8 gone through the first eight verses and the last two weeks we're going to cover five more today I'm going to start just reading through it kind of give us a a reminder of what we talked about already. Think back to the last two lessons that we had in chapter 8 and what was discussed and talked about and some of the ideas that were brought forth. Just follow along with me. Chapter 8, verse 1. I'm going to start there and then read through 13. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit for those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh but those who are according to the spirit the things of the spirit for the spirit set on the flesh is death sorry for the mind set on the flesh is death but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards god for it does not subject itself to the law of god is not even able to do so, and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus is, from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you so then brethren we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh for if you are living according to the flesh you must die but if the spirit but if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body you will live Okay, let me open us in prayer and we'll jump into it. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. Thank you for this book specifically and just the time that we've gotten together to talk about it, to look through it, to study it, and to learn it together. And I pray that we can continue that today, that we can seek your truth in it, apply it to our lives as it is intended to do so and that we can continue to learn to share with others and share your gospel with those whom we love and those around us in our community. Thank you for this body, and I thank you for this morning. And may we raise our voices and praise to you, Lord. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, awesome. Did you get a handout? Awesome. Okay, great. Let's see if anyone else knew. Roy's got his. All right, so... Um, This this is about your born again life. This is about the church and their born again life. Um, First thing that verse nine does is it is referring back. It's referring back to the last four verses that Paul just went over. Um, I got quite a bit of scriptures on the side over here, um, and they're they're great. They're great references. They're fun to look at with along with this passage. There's a lot in John. Do I have anyone who would like to be a dedicated reader just for the passages in John today? Can I have someone willing to volunteer for that? Michael, do that. Okay. Michael, get John, and then I'll bounce around and grab everyone else for for the other verses, and I'll take some myself. But um, we can spend some time uh, just looking at the other books as well and seeing, seeing how this applies. So, referring back to the last four verses, we look up um, at verse 5, 6, 7, 8. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, and those on the spirit, the things of the spirit. The mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life, because the mind on the flesh is hostile towards God. And then, 8 and those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Okay. So he's just looking back real quick to those last four verses. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So if you just started in verse nine as a reader, just picking up your Bible for the first time and you read verse nine, you'd say, oh, great. Okay, I'm cool. I'm done. Close the book and you put it away um, because you just take that totally out of context. So if anyone ever does that with you, uh, make sure that, as we always teach, to go back and refer to the rest of the context in here. Um, God sends a spirit who dwells in us. So the spirit that says, indeed, the spirit of God dwells in you. um, let's, Let's check out what that spirit is. So we'll start in John 14. Verses sixteen and seventeen. And Mike, as soon as you get there,
1: I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he is with you, might with you, and will be in you.
0: Great. So Jesus is Given this helper, the spirit, so he could be with us for how long? Forever. Forever. That's awesome. Uh, that is the spirit of, of what? What is it saying there? Truth. Spirit of truth. That's very important, isn't it? Important to God that we know truth. And whom the world cannot receive. So again, Paul's bouncing. We'll see him bounce back and forth, back and forth um, through these verses on those with the Spirit and those without. Um, but there's a, a solid distinction between two groups of people, those with the Spirit and those without. And those that are of the world, which we'll refer to today as in the flesh, um, they cannot have the Spirit in them. Um, and the world cannot receive them. But you know him because he abides in you, with you, and he will be in you. In you is awesome. That inside of us, we know that's the literal inside of us, um, as we've we've talked about the spirit living in each of us. Uh, and we'll get to more of that. The spirit allows us to love Jesus and keep his word. Mike, if you'll bounce down a couple verses and hit 20, 21, and 23.
1: In that day you will know that I am my thought I am in my father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word
0: my Father will love me, and we will, we will come to him and make our abode with him. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Okay, so the Spirit that is in us, that lives in us, um, that is the Spirit of Christ. And he is in the Father, and the Father is in him. And if we are in him, we are in them, and we are, we are one. We are united with him in that, in the Spirit that lives in us. And that's exciting news that's that's great for us to continue uh, getting a better understanding of this and knowing how it applies to us in life Um, obviously the spirit is with the uppercase as we notice uh, so many times in this chapter and as we always try to recognize when the spirit is capitalized that that's talking about the third person of the Trinity the the person And not the it or uh, the thing or just the spirit, but it's the person of um, third person of the Trinity that lives as a part of God. And he lives in us. And God sent uh, Jesus sent him. Right. He sent him. Jesus had to leave the earth so that he could come and not just be a one spot at one time with certain individuals, but the Spirit could come and live with all of us as uh, our faith continues to grow in Him and with Him. The Spirit the Spirit dwells in you, and that is, we are the temple of God. We just read that not too long ago through the sermon series that uh, pastors are preaching, and that's 1 Corinthians 3.16. Can I have a volunteer just read that real quick? 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Do you
2: not
1: know
0: that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells you? Perfect. Yep. And again, Paul's talking to another church, and that, and he's reminding them, as they should know, um, that the Spirit of God dwells in them, and we see that correlate nicely here. Um, with what Paul's writing to the Roman church as well. So no spirit indwelling equals not born again. And that takes us uh, back to John 3, 5. Uh, important important verse there. that really clarified a lot of things for um, those that were interested in following Jesus when he was on earth. Go ahead, Mike.
1: Jesus answered Truly, truly, I say to you,
0: unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born of water and spirit. So what's the born of water part? Living water. Trick trick question? Born of living water.
3: (laughs) What's the question (laughs)
0: <laughs> What's the born of living water part? It says you must be born of living water and... So, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there,
2: but physical birth. Yeah. And the, the, when the water breaks yep. and the child is born.
0: Yeah, physical birth. Um, so it's saying you can't be uh, born again unless that happens first. So that kind of takes the idea of this pre-existence out of the out of the realm that we were with God ahead of time, right? That we lived with Him prior to that. Um, that, that we have to be born of the water, living water, and born of the Spirit to be born again. Um, so just a thought there, if you're having any conversations with any of your friends or, or relatives, um, that, that that's a key verse that can be very helpful in um, and, and discussing further the depths of that truth with, with those folks. But yeah, the um, born of the Spirit, that's, it's, it's something that only God can do in us, right? It's something we can't do of ourselves. Um, and Titus 3 5 and 6, I'll read that, um, kind of goes over this in a little, little more detail that I love that it's explained here. Uh, Paul writes, He, capital H, He saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness. But according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we're talking about our hearts, our minds being the words here and the NASB is regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. Um, that, that word regenerated literally means a, a new birth. Um, and that would that would emphasize putting to death the old spirit, the old heart that we have. It was already dead in God because it didn't have faith and it didn't believe. Um, but He regenerated us. He gave us a new birth um, through His work and nothing that we did, right? So we continue to, to see that and we can apply that here in verse 9, just knowing that that the Spirit of God dwells in you if you have been regenerated, if you have had the rebirth uh, in, your, in your heart, in your mind, if you're new. And we've talked through all of six and chapter 6, chapter 7, into chapter 8 about the, the battle between the flesh and the mind, and it's the regenerated mind. It's the new heart and the new spirit that Christ has given us. Okay, jumping into verse 10. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. And that's a neat verse as well. Stop and think about that. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. Why is that? Why is the body dead because of sin?
3: Blush is, is dying. It's a literal meaning of death. It's yeah, because of sin, because of Adam and Eve's original sin, and so on, death has come upon humanity. Yep, that that's right.
0: Our body's still living, obviously, if we're here, and it's of that first nature that we were born into, which is of Adam, and uh, it it will die. There is. There's no question about it. That's going to happen. Okay. Good. Good. Yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. Now, is this spirit capitalized or lowercase? Lowercase here. Okay. So we're talking about a different spirit, not a third person of the Trinity spirit. This is our spirit that's in us. All right. So, John 6, 63 is the Spirit that gives life. That'll give us a little explanation of how the Spirit gives us life, or or that it does. Oh, and I missed the number 10 on your Romans 8. You can go ahead and write that in there. I was just seeing if you're paying attention. It's verse 10, though. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, Mike.
1: It is the Spirit who gives life.
0: The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are like our Spirit and our life. Awesome. Still getting there. 63. So it is the Spirit, capital Spirit, who gives life. And the flesh profits nothing. Interesting. The words that I have spoken to you are lowercase, and our life. Okay, well, we know that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, right? We know that um, the words of Christ himself are truth. Um, One of my favorite verses is John 17, 17. Um, Sanctify them in your your truth uh, and in your word. And so we see that in 63 here it's the third person of the trinity who gives life but the flesh profits nothing and that's because our flesh is still going to die for now until we are raised from the dead right until our bodies are raised out of the graves okay Um, The body is still of its first nature, so I found a unique perspective of this over in Matthew towards the end, chapter 26, verse 42, flip over to there with me. Okay, someone have that verse they want to read out loud for us? You have 42
3: or 41? I see there.
0: Oh, yeah, 41. 41, verse 41.
3: watch, watching, praying that you may not enter into temptation. The Spirit is willing, but
0: the flesh is weak. Okay. I thought this was neat. Jesus is speaking, obviously, to his disciples here. Um, this is right before he was arrested. And um, this is in a couple of the, the Gospels. It's not just unique to Matthew here. Um, but he's asking them uh, to keep watching and praying that they may not enter into temptation. And then he says, the Spirit is or lowercase spirit, is willing, but the flesh is weak. So at this point in history, um, Jesus hasn't been crucified yet. And he is there amongst them. He has the spirit in him, right? He is, it, it's possessed his body. He, the third person of the Trinity is within him. Um, but these disciples don't have the spirit in them, the capital S, Right. They are with Christ Himself, but He hasn't been crucified and resurrected. So um, He is with them and He is leading them, talking to them, teaching them, uh, but they don't have that particular um, indwelling in them yet, although they are with the one who does. And He just points out that their, their own spirits, their, their will, their minds, they want to do this with Christ. They want to have the power to stay awake and to pray and not to fall into the temptation of just going to sleep. Um, but they can't because the flesh is weak and the flesh will please itself. It tries to every, every moment it gets. Um, but I thought that was just a, a new way to look at that unique perspective that we could see um, talking about the body's first nature. And it is in it. And it will continue to be in it until it perishes. Um, but our spirits, our spirits have been renewed. They have been changed. Um, so we aren't slaves to sin as we used to be. And we've gone over that so many times in, in Romans already. And we'll continue. Paul doesn't let that up very easily. Okay, I'll keep moving through that born of the flesh is flesh and of the Spirit is spirit. So we're still in verse 10 here. i um, still going over the aspects of this truth that Paul set out. Um, and that takes us back to John 3.6. If you can read that for me. Please, Mike. Sure. That
1: which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the
0: Spirit is spirit. There you go. So we're all born in the flesh to begin with. We all start there. Again, we've gone over this multiple times. um, And everyone is in that first nature if you're alive, if you're a human here on earth. And um, that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. So that's the rebirth. That's the regeneration. That takes me straight back to the Titus 3.5, which I already read. Um, But it's such a good passage to know. And it's a great memory verse of you're looking for one to um, keep on you and in your head at all times is that Titus 3 5 and 6 it's it's great and it continues to remind us of that regeneration and that rebirth that we had we had no power over that we didn't do that we weren't gifted because of our deeds we didn't earn any of that right so it's it's a great reminder um, born again, so that equals death and rebirth of the mind. The mind or the the spirit is restored to eternal life, to God's original design of man, to live with him uh, in peace and harmony forever. Um, Our our mind, our spirit is restored to us when that happens. Again, back to Titus 3.5. So now our spirit lives because of righteousness Christ's righteousness as we're still seeing right there in Titus 3 6 that this was done through Christ Jesus um, and his righteousness is what is given to us as an account on our behalf because we we can't earn that it's not something that we have done anything for Uh, Christ did it all and, and we are in belief and in faith of, of his perfect work on the cross. So that spirit, our spirit, is alive because of righteousness. Back to Romans 8, verse 10. Our spirit is alive because of righteousness. So it was dead. Our spirit is dead in our flesh as our flesh is of our the first nature, the nature of Adam. But now our spirits are alive and are pleasing to God um, we can please God now in our lives because our spirits have been renewed, they've been regenerated, and we are new people in Him, and we can do work for Him. Uh, John four twenty-three, Mike if you can grab that. But an hour is coming, and now it is when the true worshipers
1: will worship the Father, the Spirit, and Truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be His
0: worshippers. For such people, the Father seeks to be His worshipers. Those who worship in spirit and in truth. And those two things are key, and those are important. He wants us to know the truth. He wants our eyes to be open. He wants us to have new hearts that um, live because of Him and in Him and through Him and for Him. And that... Is what makes a true worshipper. That is what makes those who are um, able to to please God uh, through the works that um, they do, because they were given the power to do through the Spirit. Right? It's not works that earn anything. It's works that we do to glorify God, our Father. That's a uh, the propiti- propitiation for our sinfulness is what Christ accomplished on the cross. And that is what allows us, that is what gives us that ability um, to live a life that's pleasing to God. Um, that we can do things that He can approve of, that we can live a life in honor of Him. Um, and it's only through that that we're able to do that. No one else can. No one can of the flesh. Um, it's very clear throughout all of Scripture. Especially, especially in Romans, we've seen that time and time again that those who are in the flesh, as verse eight says, cannot please
3: God. Can you explain, uh, maybe in terms for like a young believer, how do you know that we are in the spirit? Because you know, verse nine and ten it says, if you if Christ is in you, or uh, you know, it gives these. you know, if it is or how, you know, how do we know as a, as a believer I don't know if you do, but how do you know myself? Yeah. How, how would you explain that to maybe a, a person that is wandering out or a young Christian? How uh, How do we know we're saved?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Does anyone in here have some input that they would like to share on, on their behalf for that question? Thing I would
2: say is, oh, I'm sorry. Go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead. Your desires change. That's how you know it. your desires change and you know it's not of yourself. You know those desires, you kind of know that. Like you're, the Spirit of God is more powerful than we are and and. These, and that's what I would say. The to change. You see, fruit in your own life change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just even some of the thinking of the directions that you start going in is like, huh. No. It's not no. me. That's not me. <laughs> that's not me because I know me. Right. But maybe for like a younger person of like being 12 or 8 or five that gets saved, those things might be a little bit different for that truly young believer because they don't really know the desires of this world. So I don't know how to answer that for a person who was saved at like four or five. So I'd be interested to know if someone was saved at that, that young age, how, how did they know that they not know what the
0: world was like, really? Yeah, that's good input because it does matter on, uh, it, it changes our perspective from if we're 25 or 45 or five on what our desires are in the flesh and, and how that does change us. So yeah, that, that does matter and that is important to be able to explain it differently to what stage of life someone's in. Um, but what you said in regards to you know, young adult up to uh, any age, I think that that can show true um, very easily as in what your desires are to do and, and why. Yeah. yeah. Um, were you concerned with the Word of God before you were regenerated? Um, are you? Con- what are you concerned with now, and how does that affect your life, uh, Joe? You were going to say something. Ditto. Ditto. <laughs>
2: no, I I was a very angry person.
0: You're very angry. Okay.
2: And overnight. it it, it all went away. Oh, praise God. And I had peace. Yeah. And I could not have done that myself. I did not do that myself. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, that's great. And that's great to share. And thank you for for sharing that. Because if we trust God's word and what is in there, we can have that peace. And we can have it immediately if we lay all of our, our trust in him and on him. And we can't do that on our own. Why would we believe it if we just were in ourselves and, and only obeyed what our bodies told us to do and think, right? Well,
2: I didn't even know I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> you just thought that was normal.
0: It <laughs> normal. And, and,
2: and that piece, I probably went through 10 years, I really don't know when I was saved. Like, I confessed, I believed in the Trinity, i tell people the Trinity, i try to... Teach people the Trinity, you know. Um, for for ten years, I thought I was saved, but then I would always question myself, and I'd pray the prayer of salvation again, and I'd pray the prayer of salvation again, and oh, I mean, and eight, ten years of well, you know, I, I should be saved, but I just don't know. So you know, I'd pray it again, and um, yeah, and the peace. At, at one point, it was John one one when I read. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word lived with God, and He dwelt with us. And it it was just so much clearer that Jesus is not God's, I would always see Him as His Son, but in that sense it was always the second in command, or mm-hmm. you know, one who did His care. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing Jesus as God was huge for me. But there was 10 years where I thought I was saved, and maybe I was, because I would read, and I would go to church, and I would, you know. Um, but then I sometimes I would just
0: always question Um, but now there's peace yeah that's huge that's huge Renee were you going to say something
2: I'm not good at references but the the
1: scripture says that um, the spirit testifies to our spirit Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah the spirit does testify to our, our spirit it's just back in Romans right did we already go over that I can't recall exactly, but it's something I've read recently. I know
2: it's in here somewhere. I I've read
0: it multiple times. I just, yeah, I can't remember exactly where that's at. And, and yeah, if, if God's spirit isn't in us, it's not talking to our spirit. It's not testifying to us. It's not there reassuring us um, and continuing to provoke us to To live the life towards God, um, I'm similar in my my own aspect with Amy, as in there was a long period of my life that I don't know if I was Someone saved. Be. To oh, it's ahead of us. Okay, there you go. So we're almost there. We're, yeah. <laughs> next week. Next week. Come back okay, next that's
2: week. That's the verse you want to memorize.
0: There you go. And the reference
2: would be helpful. <laughs>
3: The only reason I bring that up is it's important because you know Scripture, Jesus says, you know, someone testified in my name, and I'm, when they, at the end, will say I never knew you, and they're going to say, well, I testified, I, I did all of these things in your name, um, and we can have this false assurance of salvation, um, deceiving ourselves in the truth, and it's important to recognize recognize uh, the Spirit's work in our life and how important uh, these passages are to the working of the Spirit in our In and that we understand there is a miraculous work that's gone, that's taken place. Um, and it is transforming. You know, um, you know my, my youngest is getting baptized today and um there's there was a difference. She, I believe, through a testimony, she said two years ago, and we've waited for a little while so that we felt confident before we baptized her that she really understood it. But not that there's a great change of sin or you know from six to whatever. But there's a change in mindset on how things are looked at, thought of, how she says things and mentions scripture. Uh, you can tell it's not just a head knowledge, it's coming from the heart or the spirit, that's within you. So even from a young child, you can, you can identify there is definitely something uh, new in this child that uh, wasn't. Mm, okay. So, Anyways, I just thought it was in you know, there it's a lot of ifs. Yeah. If indeed the spirit is dwelling in you. If Christ is in you. You know, these words aren't there just because. So there is definitely have to know.
0: And it's perfect timing to share because of her getting baptized today and us going over these passages, it's yeah, it's for all people. I mean, it's for all ages and there's not a whole lot of us in here that have the perspective of having a a uh, young, um, young child that is recently you know, saved in God. So, I think it is important, and and it's good to know that and be able to see it, and even at that young of an age, to know that there's a difference um, in what their what their desires are in life and where it's coming from. You know, we're teaching our children, but it's all head knowledge that they're learning right now and they're repeating stuff and they're saying stuff and it's super cute and they're learning how to pray and uh, it's, it's fun. uh, But it's all, it's all head knowledge. They're doing it to please mom and dad, right? That's, that's their goal right now. And it's loving and it makes us feel great. And we're hoping that we're teaching them the right stuff. Um, But yeah, there's, there's no change in them at this moment. And you know, that, that time could happen at, at any age it's hard to tell but um, to be able to see that and acknowledge it as uh, a parent that's in the faith that would that would be sure a sure deal that um, that you notice that that there that's there it's exciting you think about I get first, um, first the first maybe it's not, in class, so I'm not sure
2: but you know, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but you loves to have been saved. Yep. the power of God. Yep. You know, that power of God, because he gives us the spirit of truth, it's almost like we can see that or discern that sometimes. You can see, you know, when you have your children you're waiting and watching that change that took place. You can see it. You know, it's the power of God alone, not of
0: well, that's that's great. That's awesome. It's definitely worth celebrating each and every time that anyone any of us uh, get to experience that or see someone else experience it. Okay, so let's jump in to verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Though His Spirit, capital S, who dwells through His Spirit, who dwells in you, um, now that the Spirit lives in us, our Christ, our life is Christ, and you know Paul said that perfectly in Galatians um, two twenty. I think many people's favorite, one of their favorite verses that he says. I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And that's that's great you know he has been crucified with Christ we have been crucified with Christ this church of Rome They have been, too. And again, we're we're not living our own lives anymore. It is His life, and it's His Spirit, you know, the the Spirit that lives in us, the person of the Trinity that's indwelling in our hearts, that changes us. And makes that, that change um, obvious. And the longer we're saved, the more obvious that can become to ourselves, to our spouses or our children or, or others that we are near and, and um, live by or work by. Um, but we obviously are still living and we have to live this life. And he says, I live in the flesh. Uh, I live by faith. Now, now I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. So he's doing it through his faith, through his belief, through the truth of the knowledge of the truth that he's only concerned with because he's saved. Uh, That is how he's living life now. And that is the spirit that we're referring to that raised Jesus from the dead and dwells in you. Uh, Our bodies can now be used to please God. God created for good works. And. Someone has Ephesians 2.10. Please read that out loud for us when you get there. Um, This is giving life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So if our bodies are dead because they're of our first nature, the nature of Adam, the nature of sin, uh, but His Spirit, capital S, dwells in us and He gives life to our bodies, What? What is that for? So Ephesians two ten. If you'll read that.
3: So we are His workmanship.
0: Everyone at once.
3: <laughs> yeah. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre uh, prepared, prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Right. Yeah,
0: we are supposed to do good works because He prepared us for that. He prepared those works beforehand from before time. Uh, and he, he created those works to be done by us through Him and through Christ, through the Spirit that dwells in us so that our bodies can be useful to Him, so that they can be pleasing to Him. So what, what are these things that we can do to please God with our mortal bodies now? love me obey my commandments. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, love Jesus by following his commands. We read that in John 14, 21. Um, if, if you love me, you will obey my commandments and my word. Um, and the desire to do that is evidence of this Rebirth of being born again, the rege- uh, regeneration—that um, is major evidence that uh, we continue. And it's not just for a, a time in our life, uh, a day or a month or a week or a year. It's not just a season. You know, it's it's ongoing. Now, there's obviously times where we're not going to um, be as faithful as we want to be. And we know that's going to happen because of the lives that we're living now, the bodies that we're in. And Paul goes over that in chapter 7. Paul goes over it um, and how he struggles with it too. So we know that that struggle is always going to continue, but our bodies are now meant to be used to please our, our Savior and our God and the one who created us in the first place for everything that he meant for us to do. Verse 12, we're getting through it. So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So Paul starts the sentence saying we are under obligation, but then stops to reiterate it's uh, not to the flesh, and it's not to live according to the flesh. Um, Because again, before salvation, our obligation was to our own bodies. We served ourselves. we served what we thought we wanted, what our bodies told us we needed. Um, We had zero obligation to righteousness, right? Back in Romans 6.20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Uh, No obligation to it at all whatsoever. We had nothing to do with it, and we weren't bound by it, and we weren't compelled by it, if we were doing something good in our own eyes, it was to gratify ourselves um, or to give glory to something we've done or someone around us who uh, we were giving praise to instead of God or Jesus our Savior, right? So um, that's the obligation that he's referring back to when he says not to the flesh and not to live according to the flesh we lived life worshiping ourselves and giving every pleasure to self um galatians 5 verse 17 says get there someone else can if you're there already
3: for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are bones to each other to keep you from doing the things you want
0: to do. Excellent. Thank you, young man. Yeah, the flesh sets its desire against the spirit, capital S here, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are in opposition to one another. Uh, so that you may not do the things that you please. So there's that constant battle. And Paul just continues to go over this again and again. Hey, Jessica. <laughs> and, you know, we're bouncing back between the old life we lived and the new life that we're in now. But as new believers, that can be very, very confusing. And it's hard to decipher what's what, especially if we don't have Um, a solid uh, shepherd that's leading us through the truth of of God's word. Um, That's why the body, the church, the body is important that people come together, that we congregate, we learn together, we study the word together, um, and we fellowship together through his word. It's always important that we do that, um, that we can know the difference. And Paul's writing this letter to a church that he, again, didn't set up himself, He hasn't given this foundation to them himself, uh, and he's probably not sure who has. So he is going over this step-by-step, making sure everything that he wants to give them is is here. And I love it because we can learn so much from it and pick up so much more. As we look at these other letters that he's written, he's referring back to everything in Romans, but it's not laid out like it is in Romans because he's been there with them. He's talked to them or he's written to them um, and they understand some of this truth that he is just trying to make sure every piece of the foundation is laid out now through, through the book of Romans. Now we are in debt to the Savior, free from slavery of sin. Mike, John 8, 34 through 36. Jesus said to
1: them, truly truly I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does not remain forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be
0: free indeed. Absolutely. The son makes you free, and you are free indeed. Free of the holds, the strongholds of sin, um, that obligation to our flesh and our flesh alone, right? We are freed from that. We are released from it being under that bondage to where we cannot do anything but please ourselves Um, and that is no longer the case now he has freed us and we are able to be under a different obligation uh, besides ourselves and that would be to, to live to God to please him through our bodies through the righteous lives that we can live now in pleasing him Okay, in verse 13, getting towards the end of today, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So life-serving itself puts it to death. It's putting itself to death. Luke 9, 24. Somebody can flip over to there. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever his life for my sake will save it. <laughs> Perfect. Say that again, one more time, out loud. Um, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but like whoever loses his life for
3: my sake will save it.
0: Right. So, whoever's trying to save their own life, they're, they're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. We're going to lose it if we're not saved and we're trying to save our own lives. Um, we will not be able to do that. We're going to lose it. But if we give up our life, that we're living for ourselves, for our flesh, um, then we will gain life in Christ and we'll gain eternal life through Him in that. Ephesians 2.3 Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh, And of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So, again, that was that's that's everyone that's the life we lived before we were saved um, at any age. Um, That's that's the life that we were in and, and part of. So, life serving God is given through the Spirit in Ephesians 3. Someone want to read uh, 14 through 21? It's a longer read, and if you don't, I'll read it out loud. But um, it's, it's the difference between those two perspectives, and this is just beautiful here in Ephesians. 3, 14 through 21. Anyone want to take a stab at that? 14 through 21. 14 through 21.
3: that you being rooted and grounded in in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints
1: what is the breath the breadth of length and height and, death.
2: and to know the love of Christ surpasses knowledge, that he may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, now, to him
3: who is able to do far more abundantly than, than all that we ask or think,
1: according to, pay, to the power at his hand.
0: Thank you. That was a long one. Good job. Um, yeah. So this, again, it's a long, long passage, but being strengthened with power through His Spirit, capital S, and the inner man that's in you, in them, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, uh, which is exactly what we're talking about. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and know the love of Christ, which surpasses, surpasses knowledge, right? Okay, the love of Christ surpasses knowledge, and you'll be filled up with the fullness of God. Um, that he can do more abundantly than all we can ask according to the power that is within us. It's in us because that spirit is living in us. Um, and so, yeah, glory to him, Christ, to, to all the generations. So we see that. That's exciting. Um, and that's, again, the difference between life in the flesh and life lived in the spirit. Uh, gospel is preached to those who are dead. Um, that's First Peter 4.6. I'll jump over there and grab that real quick. For the gospel has this purpose been preached even to those who are dead, and though they are judged in the flesh as men, they may live in the spirit according to the will of God. If the gospel isn't preached to those who are dead, then um, we may have never heard the gospel, right? We need uh, to make sure that um, we are sharing the gospel, the chances that we get, the opportunities that God has given us to please Him in the flesh. And that's one of our obligations, that Paul mentioned back in 12. He didn't quite hit on that here, but um, the gospel is something that believers believe in and need to share from the bottom of our hearts out of joy and excitement and love for others. (laughs) My my son keeps wanting to come in here and join us. (laughs) Good job, Mark. (laughs) Tell you're good at corralling stuff. (laughs) Yeah, and then... um, from the Spirit reaps eternal life. So uh, Galatians 6.8. I should have flipped over there already so we could wrap up. But it reads uh, that for those, who, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So again, referring back to the you will live part of this passage, Um, Paul's talking to those in the spirit of the life that they will live it'll be eternal life you'll be seeking it you'll be reaping it as you sow life into the spirit and not into our flesh so we can see the difference again Paul continues to hit on in the flesh in the spirit in the flesh in the spirit and he's going back and forth and he hasn't let up on this for a long time as we were talking through sanctification for for lots of reasons and we'll continue on to that Um, And the last part, just that I noted down for you, this is how Paul continues to lead us through the understanding of spirit and flesh, why we are justified. And he will go on to use this as leverage to explain why we are children of God in the next set of verses that Mark will go over next week. So um, exciting verses again. Hopefully Mark's excited about these ones. I know he's been bummed. He missed some of the really, really awesome ones. So these ones are, are good. And... We're over time, so that wraps us up. Does anyone have any questions or comments to end us with? Okay. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you again for your word and your truth. And we thank you for this time together. And may we just bless you and the time we spent this morning that we'll continue to spend with each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.